spins a web any size. Catch the seeds just like flies. Look out! Here comes the Spider-Man. Is he strong? Listen, bud. He's got radioactive blood. Can he swing from a thread? Take a look overhead. Hey there, there goes a Spider-Man. Spider-Man, Spider-Man. Friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Welcome fame, he's ignored. Action is his reward to him. Life is a great big hang-up. Wherever there's a hang-up, you'll find the Spider-Man. Gentlemen, we are tonight's entertainment. I told you already, I'm gonna kill you. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow. That's not how the force works. Very small man can cast a very large shadow. This <laughs> does put a smile on my face. Once more, the Sith will rule the galaxy. Impressive. Most impressive. You are on the Sith list. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number 152 of The Sith List. I'm your host, Araj Dolachahi, and my co-pilots for this evening's adventure into podcasting, the young, the restless, the skippy man himself, Mr. Carlos <laughs> Buarguel, the man, <laughs> lessons are laughing, <laughs> the man we call Crunch Crunch, the man who was sitting next to me when we were watching yes, Far sir. From Home, and he was very excited. Oh. We're going to get into all the excitement in a little bit, Mr. Lesses. Sleeping it far from home. Yeah, he was sleeping. By the way, <laughs> no. He thinks, he, he thinks that I. He thinks that I, I didn't notice. You, I know you noticed. I looked at him about a thousand I, times. Was he gonna make it, dude? I uh, thought he I, was. Oh, he was like, gun, and then he wake up and he goes, he'd say something like, "Oh hell yeah!" I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, how would you even know what happened? I was like, you should talk. Right to him. Yeah, yeah. Hey, no, on. I haven't been uh, asleep in a while in a, in a movie. That's great. And even though those that those, those seats were the worst. That's Oh, they're the best. The worst, we'll, get the we'll get into it. We will get into it cuz I was not I started gonna... sweating in that leather, man, last night. It was like awful. I can't I can't do leather. If the AC's not kicking on oh, in that movie awful. theater it gets bad, but yeah. it, it was nice in the movie theater. Yeah. The man we call El Hombre. The man who just showed us his studio. Is recording the uh, true man cave. Beat, a man my cave beat laboratory is beat laboratory with a picture <laughs> beat laboratory <laughs> with a picture of Taylor Swift on the wall and DMX right next to her and DMX. <laughs> <laughs> Mister Eric is way into Taylor Swift and DMX mashups. <laughs> Strathers, the man we call King Tom, the man who has Weezer posters all over his wall. He sent me a one-word explanation of Far From Home. I'm not going to tell you what it is until later. Mr. King Tom Chansky. How you doing, King Tom? 
I am still excited by Spider-Man Far From Home. Oh, I'm happier with your excitement. I will just tell you this. Boo is shaking his head. So this is going to be a fun one. (laughs) (laughs) Boo doesn't count for Spider-Man. Oh, that is true. That is true. Boo uh, wore Spider-Man shirt. Boo wore Spider-Man shirt. I didn't even know I had one. Yeah, a really cool one. He looked like the Spider-Fan for sure. But he wasn't a Spider-Fan at the end of the movie. Not He came down. Yeah, he wasn't very happy. No. So we'll get into that in a second. But how's everybody else doing, man? Uh, King Tom, how are you? I'll go with you first. How's how's life? Doing life is is going well. How's I life in the kingdom? Know. Yeah, how's life in the kingdom? Have you bought out any more podcasts lately? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I made. Uh, I, I'm trying to bribe Emily on my, to get on the uh, Candlebite Dispatch because she oh. might have an opening soon. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Far from Home was spoiled by her co-host. <gasps> no, it was not. Yes, was it really? Was. Yeah. Uh, ish. Oh, not, I know which part. Not yeah. So, yeah, 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 I know yeah, which part. Ish. So I, I posted I posted a picture of myself holding up a ten. Yep, I and saw she, that. She said the job is mine. Oh good, <laughs> good, 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 good. And by the way, their hundredth, Kento by Dispatch hundredth is coming up very mm-hmm. soon. Ninety nine this week, mm-hmm. while you're listening to this podcast, next week on one hundred. So early congratulations to yes. two of the coolest people in this here galaxy. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Oh, just kidding. We love them. Well, you better say. <laughs> I especially boo, do. Boo, yes. boo, yeah, Boo, you especially do. I especially You're playing do, with yeah. some fire, dude. <laughs> How are you doing, Boo? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Just skipping uh, any intros this week? Uh, No, not necessarily. I got a message from uh, your better half. Oh. She said that he will not be skipping any intros from here on out. Oh, yeah. yeah your Netflix and chill is going to be <laughs> real chill. Well, there's going to be Netflix, but if you skip, down. there won't be any chill. There won't be any chill. <laughs> Damn. No chilling involved mm, for you. That sucks. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell her, look over well, here as I as I hit the skip intro <laughs> button. Be like, look, honey, the show's already on. My little girl told us this week that she's seen My Little Pony enough that she skips the intro whenever yes. it comes on. And I was like, it's part of the show. It's super catchy. <laughs> And you're missing it. It's like watching Friends and not That's watching right. the theme every time. What's it's like watching point? Friends and not going like this. Like, oh, or no. it doesn't do that. Did anyone else watch Animaniacs? Yes. yes. Oh, one of my favorites. Yes. One of my favorites. The intro to that, they would have like a few things that would change every yes. episode. Absolutely. Yes. I'd skip that too. But Boo doesn't care about that. <gasps> I, no, I couldn't skip Look, that. When I was, it was on fucking TV, you, I couldn't skip you would it. skip Game of Thrones intros. Yes, of course. Yes. yes. Mm. Uh, King Tom and Eric, they don't watch Game of Thrones, but the Game of Thrones kind of gives you what the story is going to be about. And yes. the intro gets larger and larger every season. Yes. And it's beautiful. It's a, it's and he skips that shit too. I watched the final season, all, all of those intros. You did? I, I did. Oh, yeah, good for you. I did. I watched all of those. Is that, why, is that why people didn't like this last season? Because the intros grew to like half the episode? Yeah, the, the, intros, were about, <laughs> the intros were about half an hour. <laughs> How you doing, Les? Other than, you know, having a scare last week. Les, tell us about your scare. It's not a scare, oh, okay. so to speak, but a call to action. Hold on for a second. It's not a scare, as it's your, a call to action. As your actually. friend and your, your podcast family members that are here with you, this is kind of like intervention that called you all in here. Oh, because wow. we need to talk less, so we're you not need even to call recording. A lot more people to we're not even intervene. recording. It's not even recording. This is all just sham. Yeah, this is all shazam. Is it is it Wednesday right now? No. Damn. Wow. You even duped them that way. So let's explain explain to our Sithless family and our listeners okay, what we call so consider family as well. I have to maintain a commercial license because the program we work for, myself and a couple other people, we're drivers. We have to drive shuttle our group our uh, participants around. So I went in to get my medical done, and the doctor on site was like, I'm not going to approve you. Your blood sugar is really high. And I'm like, okay, what does that mean? And he said, 
I need you to go to the doctor right now. He's all, you need to go to your doctor right now. So my blood sugar was at like 240. Damn. 240, which is supposed to be after you fast for four hours, <laughs> well below like 170, I mm-hmm. believe, or something like something that, or 160. Like so ultimately, I ended up in the ER and sitting there with an IV to help bring my blood sugar down. And then I was prescribed some uh, pills to help manage that. And now I am in the family of diabetes. So this this young man needs to change his diet, and change his lifestyle. And so the youth live America. Not that you're youth there, but I'm just saying. Well, dude, man, you have a lot to offer people. The work that you do, seriously, you make a difference in people's lives. You got to be around to keep doing it. There it is. Until he's laughing. Yeah. This has become an intervention. I'm, I'm being serious. Man. I know. I am too. Yes, you are. I am too. We've all, I, I, the reason why I'm laughing is because I've been telling him this for 20 years. Okay. And finally, he's finally, a, a, you know, got a scare. Uh, it's, I don't know if it's a scare is bad. I never, I understand everybody's like freaking out, but I truly never felt anything. Like, you're ever. not going to feel anything. And they die, and every, even my ER doctor was like, dude, man, just because you don't feel it doesn't mean it's not there. <laughs> right. And dude. I'm like, all right, that's man, that's said. cool. So, oh, well played. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but way it, to bring some levity to this thing. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> well, way, to, way to break all not this as, up, dude. That was a really good, that's what she said. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, but, but not, not, not as far as like a scare or anything like that. My dad, my dad, when he was in his 40s, mm-hmm. he was playing tennis on a regular basis. He weighed 180 pounds and was diagnosed with diabetes. Yes. Sometimes it's not in your control. That's right. Yes. It wasn't. And, and that's ultimately it's inherent. Because yeah. Both my parents are. Exactly. Like, exactly. Yeah. I I have a really I have a good chance of so. getting it. Yeah. Because I've inherited yeah. not the greatest diet. Yeah. So um, it, yeah, it, it's not the most terrifying. But the, the the I just have to accelerate. I was already making certain choices, but now I have to actually kick it into next <laughs> gear. Actually, do them. Yeah. Kick it in the next gear. Be yeah. way more consistent. So instead of three times a week, now I got to do it seven days a week. Yeah. So yeah. So exactly. It is so listeners, DM him. And- oh goodness. Actually, you know what? Someone did DM me, and that was cool, man. Shouts out to uh, Carl Fox. He said, what's up? Hey, Carl Fox. That guy was the best. Everything's all good, guys. I'm starting to control things, and I'll be... I'll be okay. Yeah, he's going to be fine. We're not going to let him. Instead of eating 12 tacos on Taco Tuesday, I'll eat six. There you go. Yeah. There's a good life decision. Les, I have to have someone keep up with me on X-Men and other comic book stuff. Mm. (laughs) On on the Sith list, so you you better stick around. That's right. right. Exactly. I'm I'm here, man. Don't worry. I'm not going to lose any body parts or anything dude come on straighten up and fly right that's right i got you <laughs> exactly speaking of being in the hospital i was talking to eric yesterday in the morning because i was on my way to our routine hospital visit for our baby for the baby that's coming soon which is supposed to be actually coming on tuesday so we're, we're on birth week. watch now? we're on birth watch 2019 right, yeah. and we had our visit and we did the ultrasound and the baby's looking at us and it was all great and the doctor's like oh look at he's doing fantastic everything is great Oh, it looks like I might be uh, sending you to labor and delivery to induce, right? <laughs> just like that, yeah. uh, to induce right now. And we're like, uh, what? Excuse us? <laughs> um, and so she's like, well, the baby's doing great. Everything's fantastic. But the fluid levels are very low. Mm-hmm. Uh, so either he needs to go pee really badly and he hasn't, or we need to induce because the fluid levels are so low, it's dangerous. So they showed us, it was crazy. They showed us his bladder and it was full of liquid. It was crazy. So they sent us to labor and delivery. We waited there until he peed. <laughs> and when he peed, he uh, brought up the fluid levels. That's gross. And they sent, it is gross. <laughs> but the only thing he's peeing is amniotic fluid because it's all he's taking in. It's still weird. It is weird. <laughs> but we went home. 
and last night she started getting little kind of like contractions, but very, very small. And they're called tremor contractions. They're very slight. So it could take up to next week or it could be so, tomorrow or tonight. Sunday, you mean? Or you want it to be Sunday. Uh, yeah, because I called yeah. Sunday. Yeah, I yeah. called the 6th, which is uh, Saturday. Yes. Okay. So he has a strong bladder. He has a strong bladder. That's yep. good. Yep. He has a strong, strong bladder and he's not here yet. So if we, if he does come in the next couple days, then we'll be back on recording on Wednesday. If he doesn't, then we're going to have this fun little mini pod that we're going to put out. I ain't missing a week. We haven't missed a week in history. I ain't missing a week because of Malik. Yeah. All right. So I, I got to tell you, it makes me feel real good now that I told Araj, I said, hey, look, man, if something happens, don't worry. Me and the guys will take care of it. I'll put it together. And he's like, man, I really appreciate that. But I'm going to do something totally different. And that's not that. <laughs> well, if you, no, no, if you want to do that, that's absolutely fine. I would I'm love for you guys to do you, it, But you know, it's. Fuck that. The cat's away. The mice are going to play. Yeah. I ain't coming here on Wednesday. I'm fucking done. It's vacation. That's, no. what I, that's, that's what I figured. And then setting all this up and it's just mm-hmm. going to be, it might as well be here, you know, to do it. But it's only a baby. Come on. It's only a baby. It's only a Come on. Um, let's get into some geekdom, guys. There's a lot of stuff that's going on. So this episode, we are going to talk some Spider-Man later on, but I know this is coming out a couple of days after the movie came out. So we're not going to spoil it. Okay. Our spoiling episode will be next week. So that's what we're going to do. But we are going to definitely talk about it. What we loved, what we didn't love. King Tom's in love with this movie. I really, really liked it. I had some problems with it. I haven't really got Les's take. uh, So I can't wait to talk about that in a bit. But before that, let's give out the shenanigans. We are proud members of the Making Star Wars Podcast Network. Listen to podcasts like Now This Podcasting, Blue Harvest, Steel Wars, Rogue One, Podcast 2187, First Order Transmissions, the Cargo Hold, Kessel Run Radio, Fingered by Randy and Jason, Tatooine Sons, and Around the Galaxy, a Star Wars fan podcast. Just a potpourri of different Star Wars stuff. You can find us on thesithlist.net. You can email us at thesithlist at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff. The Sith List, we're all over the place. We'll give out our Twitter stuff at the end. And that's our shenanigans for the week. I don't know why I have favorite cereal on the show notes, just randomly. Do we talk about favorite cereal? Fruity Pebbles. That's your favorite cereal? Fuck yeah. All day. Fruity Pebbles? Fruity Pebbles. You know you have to uh, wash the bowl like right away after you're done eating. <laughs> no, I, I save it so the sugar Usually solidifies Usually you smoke a bowl it. right after yeah. you're done eating too. <laughs> no, but honestly, like if you don't, it'll ruin that bowl. Like If you leave the remnants of Fruity Pebbles in There's your- a lot of ruined bowls in my yeah, house. Then. Geez, yeah, it's game man. over for those. I'm a big Fruit Loops guy mm. because I never could have... I, my parents would never buy. They'd buy Total and just ruin my childhood. Total? Yeah, oh. fucking Total. What did, uh, Donald Glover say on one of his worst. stand-ups? Special K. That, what the fuck what the K? No, Donald Glover said that his made a joke that his mom bought kicks and cocoa puffs. Kicks and, and cocoa puffs. And she mixed it. Oh, because she never gave them no, like sir. sugary cereal. No, sir. She was like, we went in there. She put it in a big plastic thing. And they were different. <laughs> it was just like kicks and cocoa puffs. It just like just ruined the whole experience. No, it's that the worst. Awful. That's the worst. So when I got older and went to, when I got out of uh, when I went to start getting to high school, buy my own shit here. Um, I spot all those horrible ones like Cocoa Puffs, <laughs> oh, yeah. Fruity Prebbles, all that stuff. How about you? What's your favorite, Les? Mine? Oh, man, there's so many. But uh, Cocoa Pebbles. Not anymore, they're not. Uh, <laughs> no, no, it's all Cheerios. <laughs> Why you got to do it to them like that? Come on. It's, it's with the, not even honey with, Cheerios, with no spoonful of sugar either. No. None whatsoever. Yeah, it's going to be... 
quick quick roots, dude. I bet you keep talking. Yeah, you to, you're gonna start doing commercials with Wilford Brim. <laughs> That's right, dude. Diabetes. Quick quick roots. I got the diabetes. I got the bitters. The bitters. The bitters. I got the diabetes. What I'll do is I'll have Wilford Brimler. One bowl. One bowl of cocoa pebbles a year. One rice crispy a day. That's a lot. That's a lot, man. One rice no, one, crispy? One, oh, one, one rice, like literally rice singular? Oh, oh singular crispy. snap, great. Not even, not uh, even right. snap, cracker, and pop, just a snap. Dude. That's it. <laughs> you don't even get all three. You get <laughs> one of the, one, one of the elves things. You don't get, you only get one, dude. You don't get snap, cracker, and That's pop. That's so bro. sad. King Tom, what's your favorite cereal? Either Golden Grams or Cinnamon Toast Crunch. What kind of cereal Ooh. do you feed your children? That's a, that's another question. They like uh, Honey Nut Cheerios and Ooh. some type of Special K. So yeah, that's, that's right. healthy. That's fine. Mr. Yeah. Strathers? And I can't even have Honey Nut Cheerios. Mm-mm. No, you're done, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Eric? <laughs> the best cereal that has ever been made is uh, uh, consistently been Frosted Flakes. Uh, oh, They're so uh, good. Classic pick. Classic. Yeah, my kids are like Bananas. way into, mm. uh, they'll eat Fruit Loops and allegedly they love Lucky Charms, but surprisingly or unsurprisingly they only eat the marshmallows and leave all oh, of the yeah. other stuff oh yeah <laughs> but how great is the milk after the marshmallows like how it stains it it's a different like a rainbow of fruit flavors it's fantastic <laughs> that's what happens every yeah. fruity pebbles yeah fruity pebbles too <laughs> yeah that's true that's true all right now something I, I i believe i have talked about this on this show but have you ever taken just graham crackers and crumbled them up and then poured milk on them like cereal no no sometimes you have to pour just a hair hint of sugar on it to liven it up a bit dude it's good why are you guys they, talking they, like this, they so hit this magic man. consistency <laughs> screw that, all of you, you know what I'm, <laughs> i can't have any of this you know dude. what i'm really uh, bleep is wrong with you punks dude i'm gonna go to in and out right after this I'm you know what i can have a protein style freaking double double dude don't that's you true dare you could. deny yeah, me go that, for dude. that yeah i'll i'll start dude you don't want that man i'll act black that's not good <laughs> I will start acting uh, real black. We're having a 4th of July little barbecue at the house. Uh, the I'm eating house some tomorrow. chicken and I'm eating one rib. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. <laughs> Just reduce it by half so you can eat like nine ribs. Yeah, <laughs> I, can eat, yeah I can eat a lot of barbecue. Oh, happy 4th of July, people. No sauce, though. I can't have any more Yeah, sauce. man. I don't. Uh, speaking of happy 4th of July, I don't know if you can hear it, but it's the there's fireworks going off like oh, all over the place. Oh, it's going to be happening yeah. over here, too. I have so. some, too. That's the worst for us because our dogs yeah. freak out and mm-hmm. Coco just freaks out and comes over and wants to be just held. It just, oh, it's the worst. So during this time, that's why we're having a little barbecue at the house because we're bringing, everybody's bringing their dogs so their dogs could all be in one spot together to comfort each other. So that's going to be interesting tomorrow. That's a good idea. Like. And the, the best part is Steel and Jackie, are, they're, they're heading over and Steel's a little afraid of big dogs and his, oh, no, there's going to be like nine dogs. Yeah. Tomorrow. Oh, and Charlie's going to be there? Oh, absolutely. And they're <laughs> yeah. all going to be up in his grill. Yeah, big big Charlie's going to be there? Yeah, big Charlie's going to be oh, there. That's no. right. Yeah, and, and he does not know boundaries. By the way, <laughs> Rusty Brown, we're waiting on that screenplay, man. We're, I'm, I need to know where Les is at. It's in the works. It's in the works. It's okay. in the works. Wow, that's yes. awesome. It's that's in the works. I, I got an update. It, it, is, it has begun. Fantastic. You should actually start reading it and the end is begun. pushing for yourself to be represented a little bit. No, nah, right. no that's the best part of it. Yeah, that, exactly. Yeah. yeah. All right. Maybe the BDs will come up on this one. <laughs> Box office. <laughs> Toy Story 4 at number one again. He's shaking his head. I'm no. Sorry. You thought this was last week's? I thought the weekend was already over and Spider-Man would have <laughs> dominated. Yeah, but we're behind. That's know? right. Yeah. 
Thanks. Sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> I was like, no, that's not right. <laughs> I'm glad you're on it, though. Far From Home just came out. <laughs> Far From Home did kill it last night. Oh, Jesus. It's made, already made $150 million worldwide. It's made $34 million just last night. So, Sorry for ruining the box office, everybody. It's all right. The box office report. Toy Story 4, $57.9 million. Annabelle Comes Home, $20 million. And yesterday, $17 million. So Toy Story 4, killing it. Doing really, really well. Um, I haven't seen it yet, but I've heard great things about it. Yesterday, I got to see, and I absolutely loved it. It is a fun rom-com. So if you go in it thinking that it's an outrageous story, but it all comes together, and the music obviously is amazing. And it, at the end of the day, it comes down to being a romantic comedy, but mm-hmm. fun for everybody. Like you walk out smiling, and but you you don't like your. I went with your. I went with my in laws with Boo's parents, and your dad said their story is just ridiculous. But I loved it. So if that gives you kind of the gist of what the film's about, the music is really, really, really good. Obviously. And I thought of a question uh, to ask because I was on, I don't know what, on the trades, I don't know what it was. Uh, either it was Collider, Cinema Blend, or Hollywood Reporter. Can the Beatles survive in today's music industry? Think about that. When you watch the movie and you listen to how amazing all the songs were, you know, and they had like a 10-year run, really, right? 10 or 12-year mm-hmm. run. 60 to 70, pretty much. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. And they just put out amazing stuff. Now, could today's music industry would it work for that type of music and the Beatles? I'm going to go with Eric because obviously you're the musician here. What do you think about this? Okay. The Beatles with the way like their methodology and the style of their music, they would be in, in today's music industry, they would be a top tier indie band. That is the best way that the, a band like top that could okay. get fans. Getting signed by a major, they wouldn't have the amount of creative control that they would want at any point in the process. The best way to put out records like the Beatles made would be to do it themselves and end up like blowing it up and basically forming their own label. Wow. That's actually, I was just going to say that, that's that a they great, could make it. That's a great point because there's two sets of Beatle fans. Well, three. One set of Beatle fans that love the early Love, Love Me Do stuff. Yeah. And, and the mop hair and all that stuff. And there's another set that loves the psychedelic. We just decided to do some drugs and make some amazing music stuff. <laughs> and then there's a set of fans that love both. Like I love both. The reason they were able to do all the psychedelic stuff is because of all the success they had in the beginning. So I wonder if they would have went that route earlier in today's music industry. I was going to, you know, early on they had their image was very controlled by their manager, Brian Epstein. Epstein, Epstein. So I think they would have been very much like a boy band today, where oh. they appeared manufactured, and their their music. And I'm trying to think of whether they would have the same type of music today as they had back then, which was you know half covers of rock standards and half yes. original stuff. Mm-hmm. And the 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 covers got them through the door, but the original stuff made them stand out. Would they be able to be that image-based boy band, but also be able to get their own stuff? And it wasn't until Epstein died that they really started to e- explore what they could do. Branch out you know, I think, do all I kinds think, of crazy I stuff. I think Pep- Sergeant Pepper's happened when he was still alive. Mm. 
But then once they got in control, that's when they fought amongst themselves and everything. So it it would be very interesting, but I think that's at least how they would start. But I think I think also think Eric's onto something with how they'd be a very big indie band. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I'll piggyback onto. I think if um, they don't do the cover stuff, and by today's standards with like SoundCloud and and all the other ways to generate your own music and get it out there, YouTube and all that other stuff they might be able to be okay with just the newer edgier stuff that they were doing, the more psychedelic stuff. Yeah. They may be, they may be able to hang around and have like, you know, maybe do a couple of tours and maybe be a top tier indie band, maybe even get a song on a TV commercial or something, <laughs> yeah. which they pretty much have now, but you know what I mean? Yeah. And then that would just be that one song you hear all the time. Right, and then, right. you know, on the, the alt stations would probably play a couple of their tracks so I mean, the as far as the today's standards, that com- has completely changed too. So yeah, as far as today's absolutely. musical standards have completely changed from what it was, where it was like, okay, we're a band, we practice, we're gonna go try out. You know what I mean? Like that yeah, was those the days Beatles. of gra- the days of Garage Band. Yeah, are, are, you know, we're gonna go try out, and, and hopefully our demo is gonna be great, and we're gonna get signed, and then we're gonna get you know all this great stuff and go forward. And it's like nowadays, it's like. uh you have to almost go that full indie route and then hopefully someone will sign them. And if not, then you just blow up, put your own stuff out. Yeah. What do you think? Bo? Yeah, no, I, I, uh, I, I just think that they wouldn't be that successful right now at all. Um, I think that if they started the same way with their, their love stuff and all that right at the beginning, I think they would be a not, not mediocre, but not the greatest pop band. You know, I, I think, I think they would kind of be lost in the shuffle uh, and then later on, if they got into their psychedelic stuff and more of a, I, I wouldn't say like a rock band, but yeah, I, I guess like an indie band, they would be doing better if they started off with that, especially now in this yeah, day and age. Or their second half. With their second half, if they started off with that in this day and age, they would be more successful. But it's to recently even glimpse the success no. that they have now. Absolutely. Not. I don't think we'll ever see anything like that ever again. No, absolutely not. It's interesting in the film. It's not just it's it's funny because. The Beatles are non-existent, right? Mm-hmm. Something happens. I'm not going to spoil it. Something happens. The Beatles are non-existent, but other things too, like Coke. There's no Coke. There's a Pepsi, but there's no Coke, and there's no Oasis because there's no Beatles. Hmm. There's no Harry Potter in the film either. So there's things that happen, like things massively in pop so culture. There's a full ripple of effect. There's a full like butterfly ripple. Yeah, yeah exactly. Okay. Effect because some of the stuff that the Beatles did inspired other things. Yeah. So you take them out of the equation. And it changes the world. Hmm. So the story is that pretty much the world is a better place with the music mm-hmm. that we've gotten from the you know, the, from the Beatles. Beatles, the Beatles, man. So <clears throat> interesting. I think you guys really like it. Hmm. Uh, it's one of those movies you take your girlfriend, wife with, or her mom, or and you'd really enjoy it, and you'd come out of there happy and smiling. And soundtrack's fantastic. Ed Sheeran's very funny in it too. <laughs> All right, I think it's time for a little. Star Wars news. There's a lot of stuff that happened, Mr. Strathers. By one person. A lot. So one of our favorite Star Wars peoples, yeah. Daisy Ridley, she has been on the press tour for Ophelia. And of course, naturally, everybody asks her about Star Wars, which is, you know, just what you would expect. It must be so annoying, right? Like you're trying to go out there. And this happens to Kevin Feige, too, all the time. Or Fiji, I'm sorry. This happens to him all the time. He tries to 
promote the recent film and everybody wants to talk about the next wave or phase mm-hmm. or what the Avengers mm-hmm. really meant and all this shit. So sucks for Daisy too, I would imagine. Yeah, I would I would bet that's pretty hard, man. And of course, that's one of the things too. One of the things that she was asked about is, will we ever see Ray again? She's like, yeah, who knows? Because the rumor was going around that she was going to be in Ryan Johnson's trilogy and she pretty much put the kibosh on that. Mm-hmm. But but some of the stuff that she talks about in here, okay, she talked about how she wasn't surprised that she can see why some some people weren't hip to how things were handled in The Last Jedi. I've Here's what bugs me about that. I saw a couple of article titles, one of them being from USA Today, that pissed me off because it was worded in such a way that I, I'm trying to remember exactly what it said, Raj, when we were talking about it this week. Daisy Ridley, not surprised that fans hated The Last Jedi. I mean, if that wasn't it, word for word, it's really close. Yeah, it's and I'm close. like, that is not what she said. No. You know, but uh, she, <laughs> she did say this, and I hope it doesn't destroy anybody's heart. But she said that her flipping over the TIE fighter. That's not 100% her. Yeah, I saw that. (laughs) And I thought, oh, which, I don't know, man. She said she she did about 95% of the stunts, but that one part that everybody loves, she didn't do all of it. She couldn't. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, oh, it sucks. (laughs) Well, you know, I could imagine where that'd be pretty difficult, you know. She did say the dealio, the way she used it, everybody will know the dealio about Ray's parentage once this movie's done. And uh, any guesses as to what that is, I don't know. She doesn't give really anything away. And she also, said, you- she also said something about the tone of the film is very different than anything in the trilogy, and we'll, we'll get the tone immediately. I read that as well. I was like, whoa, damn, okay. Yeah, so she's talked about how there's nods to all nine films in there. Well, all eight plus its own self, I guess you'd yeah, say. N- nods itself. And that you know, <laughs> she's she's way into, she thinks people are really going to dig it. Now, I did think she kind of talked a little bit about, um, oh, what's his face? Trevorrow's treatment of it. And uh-huh. or, uh, and she she was... What was the word she used, Raj? Uh, the vibe I got from it was totally dodged a bullet. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> but she was very nice about it. Yeah, she was. She was much nicer than, yeah. than that. I, I like it's, to find out what that that one was though. After it's all said and done. Oh, dude, Trevorrow's right? treatment. Oh, I I can't imagine what that must be like for them to so just unceremoniously be like, "You you got to go, son. Yeah, yeah, out." Yeah, he, right. he just delivers it. They read it in one night, and they call him the next day. You're you're done. <laughs> Can you yeah. imagine? We're gonna go in a different. No movie. rewrites. Yeah. No nothing. Just no. uh, we're Sorry. not only are we gonna pass on this, but um, man, I got some bad news. You're gonna need to start looking for a job. We're gonna pass that. That's I listen. I listened to that one podcast she did, and she it, she was very polite about it, but there was a part of her that sounded relieved when she was like, and then he wasn't there anymore. Oh, yeah. That's the man. It must have been crazy. Must have just been off the wall. Yeah, King Tom, you listen to that. Give, give us the skinny on that whole Yeah, deal. what podcast was it, well, by the way? Oh, jeez. I don't, I don't, I'm going to be honest. I don't remember the name. I listened to the whole thing, though. It was a really good podcast, and the guy had worked with her before on, um, on podcasts and some other things. 
And she said a lot about about what to expect on episode nine. I'm looking through my notes. You know, she mentioned that the, the speculation that the rise of Skywalker being the Jedi Order and not necessarily a Skywalker, there could be something to that. Um, she thinks she knows there's controversy around it. She praised Chris Dario. She praised JJ a lot. I got the sense that um, and this is going back to what you guys were saying about what people think about the last Jedi. She was not bashing the last Jedi at all. I think she, you you very much got the sense from hearing her voice. She loves these movies and she loves these people. And maybe she's a bit more comfortable working with JJ. He's the guy who gave her the shot. She was very grateful to him, but she, it, it sounded like she was proud of what she did on the last Jedi, but, but she was glad that JJ was back for nine. And that might've been more of a, JJ versus Trevorrow thing than JJ versus Ryan thing. Uh, there's a lot of unique stuff with Adam. Um, that Vanity Fair picture of them in the rain. Oh yeah, in, with the lightsabers. That is a scene in the movie. A badass scene. A badass yeah, scene yeah. with a lot of water. She she has seen a cut of the fight and she loved it. Um, and then there was the, the whole thing. I guess she was at a dinner with Josh Gad and Trevorrow was there and they talked about it. She was polite. That's all. She was just polite about what his plans were. <laughs> By the way, I sort of ripped on our friends at the Star Wars Underworld where they talked about her giving an interview. Was it on Fallon? Maybe. But the part that Dominic Jones left out of his article was that she rapped part of Lady Marmalade. Yeah, yeah, uh, we come through with the money and the God of belts. Let know we bout that cake straight out of the gate. We independent women, some mistake is for hard. I'm saying, why spend mine when I can stand yours? Disagree, well, that's you, and I'm sorry. I'm gonna keep playing these cats up like Atari. High heel shoes, getting love for the dudes, for the badass chicks, for the moon yeah. And I'm like, come on, Dominic Jones, you didn't report on what is perhaps one of the most important pieces of this video clip that you have on your site. It was pretty dope, man. She knows what she's doing. Yeah, she's, she's rad. I, I saw so that. I'm going to ask her to, I'm going to ask her to be on my next record, but, um, <laughs> hey, you should ask so, her yeah. and, R- and Riz Ahmed. Riz Ahmed, can, well, well, you know him, he has his own well, group. I asked him to fly here to do it, but he oh. got stopped at security. Well, yeah, that's a great segue there. Uh, yeah, so that's that's what I thought you were trying to set up. For it me, was, man. it was definitely was. So, so okay, Riz Ahmed is his uh, appearance at Star Wars Celebration Chicago was was canceled last minute. He wasn't able to get there, and the reason was he was detained by airport security at where? I don't know where he was flying from, but it was in the United States. I know that. Yeah, and yeah. They stopped so him from getting. They stopped him. Oh. They sat him. They Homeland Security wouldn't let him go to Chicago. And 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 that, wow. I don't know, man. There's a million things you can say. I sort of thought we were past that. Oh, definitely and, not, man. So I'll give you my experiences. Every time I go, I get into a separate little line, no matter what. And if it's not me, and they don't want to blatantly do it to me, they'll do it to Lorena. I've been tested for chemical stuff, powder on my hands. It was, I went to New York about two months after 9-11 and they made me take my socks off. They like were checking my socks for chemicals. So it, it happens continuously. And I understand it to a point. I, I do. I mean, especially after 9-11, the country was so sensitive and so on guard. I was absolutely willing to take off my socks and I, I got no problems with that. But now it's starting to get a little bit old now. You know what I mean? 
having to target not just me or having to target Lorena because they don't want to look bad to do it. And they always say it's random. It's a random search. It's a random search. But I'll ask you guys. You guys have been on planes a ton. Um, do you guys get randomly searched? No. Even you haven't? No. Boo? No. Well, I've, I've been with you, though. I, I've yeah. flown with you more than any. Yeah. yeah. Almost all my flights have been with you, and I will say we've been lucky. They have not pulled you. I've I've gone in expecting them to do that. Um, the first time I, I think when we went to New York for Comic Con, yeah, they had to. I had to empty out all my stuff, but it was because my shoes. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, that, didn't yeah. Line and up we were, right. On we the went to different lines, so it wasn't yeah. that. Yeah, but uh, even that, I was kind of like, oh, geez, they think I have shoe bombs or something, you know? <laughs> right? I'm like, nah, and she's like, I know it's just your shoe. It's okay, but I totally understand it too. I I get this the sense of. Uh, yeah, but security it's, it's and awareness. It, it's you, and 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 I'm not saying it, it, this is Riz Ahmed. He's an international. Yeah, you would think he has the other thing, the clear. Like a, yeah, like they have that clear. And thing. his agent and other people would be able to jump in and like be like, "Look, man, he has." Yeah, but they don't care, and they didn't give it. As you guys know, yeah. t- like once you get to security, they they hold all the cards right. there, man. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, oh, and, sucks, and, they, and they know it. They know it. It sucks for Riz Ahmed, and it, ha- it happens to him all the time. If. Not not to be not to be hotty toddy or anything, but if I was him, you know, like you guys said, a you know major star, you know, somebody making some decent money, I would imagine, I'm flying private. Well, you still have to go through customs. So I know that. Do, yeah, so, no, I know he, that. He's but, been but stuck. At, he's been stuck at customs still separately. Yeah, yeah. So that Damn. his his issue is at customs because he's oh, he's English. So he comes in, he goes through customs. Travel. No matter what, you got to go oh, through customs. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, I thought I thought this was just within the country. I was like, no, 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 flying, no, I'm, no, no. You know, renting no. a jet, flying here, flying yeah. back. So this is oh, at customs. At customs, and then okay. they go, oh, who is this? Riz Ahmed. Where where are you from? Yeah, I'm English. No, but what's your descent? They don't give a shit. Oh, Pakistani. Oh. Okay, hold on. Yeah, hold on. Literally, yeah, hold they'll on. look at you. They'll look at the last name, yeah. and that's where they're. Little... You're screwed. Yeah. Oh, hold on. Really? And then that's when you get yeah. sent somewhere else. And dang. Yeah. Well, I would have raised a real stink if I was him. I'm sure he. Did. I would have blew. No, I'm talking like I would have hit Social Instagram. Media stuff, I would have yeah. hit Twitter and been like, "Guess what, guys? I can't go because these mofo's over here think I'm blowing." Yeah. Oh, dude. Yeah. I yeah. would have. Because he could always go retreat back to, you know, acting in England and still being him and all that other stuff. It's all. Yeah, I thought it was really cool that he was going to be there. Up, when I saw mm-hmm. is the yeah. Riz Ahmed was going to be there. I was like, okay, maybe I'll, uh, one guy I would love to meet would be Riz Ahmed and Donald Glover, but Donald Glover wasn't signing. So I was like, Riz Ahmed would be rad to meet. So maybe I'll uh, think about it. But then he, yeah, he never showed. And now we know why. But, See, that's why I wanted to ask you guys, because if you guys are also getting, so, you know, it might not be, that's what I'm saying. Like it might not be, but I can understand someone like Riz Ahmed's feeling like, yes, it it is because yeah. it happens to him routinely. But he is flying routinely, you know. He's flying constantly, unlike us. So his the times that he gets picked at is a lot more than us because of it. You, you know what I mean? So yeah. we just right. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, yeah. I honestly don't you're... have a problem. I've never ever ever had a problem with it ever. I've never said why are you guys picking me. I just go with the flow. Let them do what they want to do. Just get me on the flight. I want to go to New York Comic Con. I want to go see my friends at an Orlando for celebration. You know, I want to go visit my friends wherever I am around the world. So just get me on the plane. Oh, I see it, dude. So, you know, what would happen is my, you'd see the four S's on your boarding pass. That's how you'd know. And whenever you'd get screened for the additional screening, they're supposed to punch holes through that. So that, you know, further down the line, they know you got picked. Well, you know how Southwest is where you've got your three boarding groups. I was the very last in group a, 
go all the way down, get there, hand the gate agent my ticket, and he sees the S's and they're not punched because the 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 TSA agent forgot to punch it. So they oh, stopped man. the line, made all those people wait while they came down and re-screened me in the, on the spot. And I'm like, you can let these people go. I'll just take a shittier seat because I knew all those people are like, I hate this guy. And I was like looking to see who was going to end up sitting next to me and like smothering me in my sleep because they were pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's funny, man. So, okay. Now here we're back to, we talked about this before. If you guys listen to, I don't know if you've ever heard of this particular podcast. It's called um, Now This Is Podcasting. <laughs> yeah. They talked about the Cassie and Andor series and Gareth Edwards being involved in that. Yeah. And I was looking to see if I could find some like hard print about it. Mm-hmm. And I don't see anything. But has where where does where's it where is his involvement going to lie? How okay. firm do you think it's gonna be? Jason had mentioned this to me about a month ago, but he didn't want to put it out in print. So he said he's gonna put it on now this podcast thing. Uh, in the next couple of weeks. So I was listening for a couple of weeks and they were off for a couple of weeks. They didn't record. So they finally put something out and now this podcasting said that he has a strong source that helped them get a lot of the info for Mandalorian back in the day before they were shooting. So he knows what he's talking about and he trusts them. He said that Gareth Edwards is involved in this production of the Cassian series. Now he doesn't know if he's going to be producing, but the guy thinks that he's going to be directing either one or all the Cassian show. Jason's thought was that maybe he got this like executive producer little label just because he filmed Rogue One. And he thinks that that's not the case. He's going to be pretty much involved in this series, which I thought was great. Very, very happy about it. Yeah, man. Good on him, dude. Yeah. That's that's great news. Was for him, I, I would love to see that King Tom and I were actually talking about this. I would love to see what his what the cut of that Gareth Edwards version of Rogue One was like. If it's, you know, violent as can be, if it's so right now, right behind my laptop is the um, Michael Pasquale Rogue One, the Star Wars Celebration numbered print that he had. Yeah, I don't know if you guys saw it. It's really, really good. I'm looking at that right now and thinking about how badass that movie was, and when you see some of the characters on here, they look in this art format, they're like even more intense and more dark, and I'm thinking what would have been like to see to see it like get really really dark and really gritty. Yeah, those are our favorite words when we talk about that. <laughs> dark and gritty. Well, you remember, but, do you remember Celebration Anaheim, I believe, or was it Orlando? That they, I think it was Anaheim, where they gave us a little preview uh, and and a soundbite of the noises and the the battle, and they had the the actual Death Star. It was it sounded dark and gritty. It sounded like this was going to be like a a platoon or a or a old school like Vietnam movie or something like that. So I think that's exactly right, Eric. I think what happened is it, they saw it and they're like, "Oh shit, this is pretty dark, and this we can't put this out." But I would right. love to see that man. And remember. The shots in the film are beautiful. There's some of the most beautiful yeah. shots in any of the Star Wars films we've ever seen. Absolutely. And that's Gareth Edwards. He took those shots. So he did something right yeah. where they wanted him back. Yeah. Well, we talked about this too last week on the show about how, you know, it was it was wise of him to play ball with the whole bringing somebody else in. And 
seeing it as a development moment, mm-hmm. seeing it as a good thing for him, because it would have been a shame for him to to get pissed and walk off, which is, you know, probably something that somebody else could have done, I guess. But it's looking at this poster real quick, by the way, it made me think of this. It, you know, you've been seeing the the bottle cap challenge going around yeah. these martial artists right. kicking yep. the thing off. And I'm looking at this, <laughs> the Donnie N. Yes. And if you saw his, blindfolded. He, he doesn't blindfold it. Yeah. It's crazy, dude. <laughs> Man, that's baller. Yeah. He doesn't even take the time to like, Mm-mm. you know, do the spin there. Mm-hmm. He just like blindfold, whap, kick. Yeah. looks like, Really, guys? Like it's crazy. Do better than me. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, I, he's get like, on I, my level. Yeah, like, he's like, I've been opening bottles like this for years. I don't get, know what's the fun about get it. Get on know? my level. <laughs> oh man, it was awesome. I, I'm glad to see him back. Like, he, I think he had a lot to do with the look and setup of Rogue One. Maybe not the final execution, but he got it there. He knows the story. He knows how to work with Lucasfilm. And I think there definitely is something different between him and the other directors who were fired where he was still the public face of the production right up till release. Right. And, and I think that it's, it's, it's a different case than these other directors because they wanted to keep him around. They still wanted his voice. So maybe they were happy with 75% of what he did for a, a feature film that is one of the tent poles of the franchise. They, they just wanted to bring in, someone extra to to make it a little bit stronger where mm-hmm. for a tv show he could just be himself yeah exactly and maybe that's what they want out of the show they want that dark and gritty cassian style and he played the company line he didn't bitch he didn't mm-hmm. complain like mm-hmm. eric was saying he told the line yeah yeah he told the line and they probably love that mm-hmm. yeah good for him yeah man that's awesome for him i don't i don't have anything else star wars wise no you don't there's, okay there's and well, hang on you oh. know something I do have for you though. Ooh, is what this. is Hank Williams? That's Brad Paisley. Brad, is it really? Dude, everybody thinks about him as, you know, the, the pop, pop-ish country singer. It, it, that guy kills it on guitar, man. And I am not a big country music fan by any stretch, but when I hear guitar playing like that, it makes me want to get into it. And when, just, just let me... First of all, whether or not you dig the style of music or not, you have to appreciate the musicianship of it. Mm-hmm. But I like personally how it's the extension of bluegrass into the modern thing because, like, that real fast, that you know, the two two train beat kind of thing, that drummer, man, has just got to be. Oh, God, he's got to be on it, huh? 
Yeah, he's probably got to like breathe in deep and relax it all out to maintain <laughs> that the whole time. But um, something about Brad Paisley, man, I read his um, autobi- autobiography. It's called Diary of a Picker. And this guy, now mind you, I realize you're going to put your, your best face forward. But here's a dude who loves music. And he talks about how he just has no tolerance in his band for like drama and substance abuse and all this stuff. Because he's like, the minute that you don't, this isn't fun for you anymore. He goes, the word play is literally in the job description. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's true. What, what's not to like about that? And but, but here's what really, really strikes me about, about Brad Paisley. Here's this guy. He's famous as can be. Um, and every time he's interviewed by a guitar magazine, he always brings up the guy who like really taught him how to play guitar. And what it was is he was like this local, he was a a old dude, but, and so by the time Brad Paisley's playing with him, you know, Brad was like young and early teens doing gigs and stuff. And this dude's it playing in his backup band and some being real supportive and not taking the spotlight. But he was like the hometown hero who everybody thought was going to make it big and somehow didn't. But he okay. was fine with that and just faded into obscurity, if so to speak. So when Brad, his take is, is this guy's name, he should have been in these guitar magazines. So he mentions him by name every time he's in a guitar magazine it's because he takes the spotlight off himself and puts it on the people who helped get him there. And dude, I think that is baller. That is awesome. Yeah, that's that's right. It's funny that you played this because the last episode of Game of Thrones, the night before that episode came out, Fender put out a video that it was Tom Marilla, Ian Ian Scott from Anthrax, Nuno Betancourt, is yeah, that the guy from Betancourt, Extreme, yeah. right? Mm-hmm, and then yeah. they they were sitting there with Tom Marilla and they were starting to practice how to play the theme, and then Brad Paisley walked in, and then Brad Paisley went up to him, and they were all. The look on their eye was like, oh, cool, Brad Paisley's here. And I was like, fucking Brad Paisley knows how to play guitar like that? With these guys? Like, these guys are like... Yeah, they're, they're yeah, electro they're one legends, of them, you know. But and he sat down there, and they all rocked it together. And it's on YouTube if you check it out. Put Tom Morello, Game of Thrones, and you'll see a whole Fender set. Like, they, they sponsored it, and they did Game of Thrones. Um, and they, they, they killed it. They kicked ass. One, two, three, four, five, six. <laughs> So that's awesome, man. I didn't know he was such a good um, guitar player. He's amazing, man. I mean, he's amazing. The fact that he can also sing too, and his his that book, Diary of a Picker, is is it's a really fun, it's really easy read. But one of the things he talks about is like he went to to Belmont in Nashville, where it's a lot of a lot of players end up going to college there, and uh, he had this girlfriend, and he was pining away for him, pining away for. Her. And uh, they had broken up and he didn't think he's going to live through it. And um, I can't try to remember the movie. Was it was it Parenthood? I guess that was like their first date. And so when Parenthood 2 came out, <laughs> he he, he like, OK, so I'm going to go back to town and, to where he grew up and go to the go to it on opening night. And if she's there, it'll be means, you oh, know, it was like shit. meant to be. And he talks about how he went there. I'm pretty sure that's the movie. He's like, I went there and little did I know, I saw the woman who was going to be my wife that night. Oh my gosh. That's wow. crazy. She's so in she, the movie. 
Oh, she's in the she's movie. She's one of the actresses in the movie. Oh yeah, shit! That's oh married shit! To now. Oh shit! Okay, yeah. okay, that's funny. That's <laughs> so, awesome. Yeah, man. He he he. That's how he he saw the woman he was going to marry that night. Just didn't know it, and it was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think Smallville's it's Tom Welling is in Parenthood. It's a uh, who who is not he in Parenthood. Let me just look yeah. this up. Cheaper by the dozen. Oh, cheaper by the dozen. You're yeah. right. He's in the Steve. He's right. You're right. Right. Che- cheaper by the dozen. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Good call on that one. Well, that's cool, man. Great music, man. I know King Tom is very upset right now because he had one lined up. Uh, I, gotta, I, I, can, I gotta fact I check deal. my own thing. Go ahead. You gonna fact check your cheaper by the dozen? I Parenthood? think it's Randy, oh, Dennis Quaid, not Steve Martin. Oh, I think it's Steve. Martin. Oh, no, father no, of the bride. My father. father bride. Randy Quaid is in the second one. Steve Martin is in the first one. Aha! Get you guys Talk with the knowledge. Step down. Yo, yeah, yeah. I was uh, thinking step down. I was thinking of Randy. It's Dennis. I just had the title. Oh, yeah. Randy. Not Randy. Randy's nuts. Oh, Randy would be a step down. I'm sorry. Randy's nuts. You are correct. It, it is Steve Martin okay. for there both of them. Steve sorry. Martin for both of them. Yeah. Really? I thought he was in a... Oh, wait. No, there was like a knockoff one with uh, with Quaid. That's right. Mm-hmm. You know what? Uh, King Tom, the next episode, you should save that. Save your... Don't tell I, us what I'm it is. saving it. Save it. I'm saving it. All right. Well, thank you for the music minute. Brad Paisley. Yeah. Love it. Father of the Bride. My bad. Father of the Bride. Steve Martin. Great. Yeah. I was, yeah, I was thinking of the right movie. And she provided Yeah. He did his yeah, own. He had a good little run there. Tyson. Yeah. <laughs> he rocked out his, his, as a dad. We got an email from the Wim. You want to read this? Sure. Less? Yeah. Gentlemen, first off, fuck you guys. I'm with Boo. <laughs> He's back. Unless it's The Simpsons, I'm not watching the opening credits. I have <laughs> less time left on this planet than you guys. So I don't oh, know. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> fucking Wham. Damn. Damn. Fucking <laughs> And to oh answer God. the taint question, in upstate New York, it's always been taint for both male or female. It ain't the balls. It ain't the asshole. It ain't taint. Wasn't the gooch the bully on different strokes? I digress. Yes. <laughs> I it, was. Yeah. it was. It was. Yeah. It was. The, the, the gooch. I do have a question that was swirling around in my brain. Uh-oh. With Top Gun and Dune being remade, what other bad 80s sci-fi movie would you like to see remade properly? I would love mm. to see the story updated and a decent budget done for the running man. Mm. Oh, you've said yeah. that multiple times, Les. Uh, what is it? Uh, Killian, here's your Sub-Zero. Now playing Zero. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't he play Sub-Zero? <laughs> no, Mr. Frost. Mr. Freeze. Uh, Mr. Frost. That's how Mr. forgettable. Frost. Yeah, that he is fucking incredible. Any ideas, guys? If anyone says Last Starfighter, I will fight you. Also, <laughs> was never really a fan of Superman until Henry Cavill. Dude is spot on. Much later, Darth Vader's whim. Oh, I like like that. that. Yeah, much later, Darth Vader. Thank you, whim. That was uh, fantastic. And super Harry Cavill. Yeah, I love Harry Cavill, Superman. I've said that before. Henry. Henry. Uh, Remember, I say I call him Harry. He always says Harry. Whatever. Sure. Potter. Uh, No wonder he's not gonna be on the show. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's the main reason. That's the reason. That's the only one. Yeah. Yeah, My name wrong again, boys. Yeah. Exactly. Eighty sci-fi. That you like to be remade properly uh, qualifies as bad or completely sci-fi. But and and speaking of uh, one of the Quaid's, Inner Space. Oh, oh. oh. Inner Space was really cool. Is that that's what Martin one, Short. Yeah, he goes inside yes. the year. Yeah. yeah, that was a he good movie. In, oh, that's right. Into Martin Short's ass and <laughs> ends up in Meg Ryan. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> up in Meg Ryan. I've always said the Running Man. I actually uh, read. The Running Man. Well, I listened to it as uh, audiobook, uh, and it's completely different, completely different than the movie. What else is now? The Running Man is completely different. I'd much rather than make that version 
but here's one. It's maybe not. It's definitely not sci-fi. Probably not eighties, but it has a very sci-fi feel when you oh, watch it. Don't say mine, jerk face. I would love to see the Warriors remade. Oh, the Ooh. Warriors. Well, that's not. That's not sci-fi at all. That's what I'm saying. He but when you, it's, not, yeah. we, it's got like a post-apocalyptic yeah. kind of feel. Like I'd as like most good sci-fi like movies have, it's it's got that feel like you're looking out and the world just looks destitute and you got guys with the gangs rolling around dudes with clown makeup on and baseball bats chasing you. And I know. Stuff. I've tried. Yeah. I'm a uh, great movie. It, that would be mine. I'm sorry. I've been the rules a little bit there. No, that's, not, right. that's not it's definitely bad. not eighties either, but I definitely been the rules on that one. I, I would love to see that. Uh, although, although it's not a bad movie, I would just like to see it redone and kind of pulled to the max, especially nowadays, maximum overdrive. That's, Did you say, although it's not a bad movie. Yeah. <laughs> It's not a bad movie. <laughs> it was maximum. I fucking I'm love it. Just, to, I'm gonna have to. Yeah, it wasn't great. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 not the greatest movie of the world. I'll give you that. Yeah, but it, it is it is an interesting concept. I would love to see it just taking balls to the wall, especially being yeah, it's a, called Terminator. Yeah. <laughs> but like a Stephen, with especially with the Stephen King movies coming out now, I would love to see them take it all the way, all the way, the way that take he would want it. Take it all the way. Me too. All the way. Oh, no. Sorry. The music minute's already done. <laughs> da, 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 da. I was just about to do that. <laughs> uh, how about Flash Gordon? That's a great one. We talked a little bit about Flash Gordon last week, but that would be a great one. Yeah. Well, I, I was on the fence between that and maybe um, the Buckaroo Bonsai. I don't think there's really anything wrong with that movie, mm-hmm. but it Buckaroo would be cool to see Bonsai. it. They just need to make more of those. Yeah, I, I I need a new I need a sequel to that one. Yeah, there wasn't too much wrong with that one. You guys remember the Ice hey, Pirates? That would be a good one. Now here's a movie from that era that was sci-fi, if you will, <laughs> that I feel like maybe not necessarily needs to be remade, but it should have been more popular than it was. And that was Night of the Comet. Ah, <laughs> I feel like I'm the only person that remembers that movie. I remember that movie. You made a Night of the Comet reference last week when we watched Stranger Things 3 trailer, right? Yeah. Because it had a bit of that feel there. I remember that, yeah. You know what? They've remade all the good ones. I mean, they've tried to remake all the good ones. So I don't don't know. Shit. Monster Squad. You said the Warriors, the Goonies, they shouldn't touch. No. What's the Goonies? I'll kill you, Dad. <laughs> escape from almost in escape from New York. Almost in backhand You're range. almost in backhand range, dude. Dude, <laughs> escape from New York. Great. You cannot. You cannot redo you Snake Plissken. No. It's, he said. Well, for me, it would be what they're already doing, and that's Masters of the Universe. So I'm okay. waiting for Masters of the Universe. It was so bad and cheesy back in the day. Snake Plissken. Snake Plissken. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, Escape from New York. What was, was that great. Van Damme movie where he fought uh, Cyborg? All of them. Oh. oh, no, no, no. I have mine. I have mine. Universal Soldier. Mm. That was okay. I, no, it was good. I would just like to see more of it. Like a, like an updated version. I, I would love I it. Yeah, it was like a, a 2014 one called The Return. Yeah, that one's all right. The the, the one with... Uh, fuck. It's all of them. Yeah, really. No, no, Dolph but, Lundgren and no, no, and no, no, Michael no. Jai. No, but there's, there's one with... Uh, he was... He would, he dated Goldie Hawn. What's her name or what's his name? Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. Well, Kurt Russell. Soldier. Soldier. No, Universal Soldier or something like that. No, it's right? called Soldier. Kurt Soldier? Russell. Like that was actually badass. They've been movie. together for like forty years. I think. Huh? Didn't they break up? I don't think so. No, nah, they're still. Yeah. Rolling. 
Oh, they did break I up? Thought, I thought they broke up. Yeah. Our crack team. Get on it. I'm just kidding. You know, this <laughs> is not a sci-fi movie, but I'll tell you a movie we needed more movies like, and that was The Last Dragon. Oh, yeah. yes. That's a good Barry one. Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon. Yes, that's a we good one. We need more of the Shogun, dude. Yes, that's a great one. That's a soundbite, Rod. You got to drop that. That's in. it. I'm dropping it. When I say, who bad? Show enough. <laughs> Show enough. <laughs> by the way, I that saw... was by. Oh man, yeah, you're correct. We need a lot more of that. We need to find a way to bring them into the big Ch- trouble little China universe. Yeah, and merge those two movies. <laughs> just do Dude. it, and just make this most epic, awesome. I hope like, they don't make that Chinese like cultural mashup of just awesomeness dude that would be rad i'm sorry dude to hear like that that 80s motown sound doing their take on like the the kung fu movie music the song the last dragon there's one section where like it's a breakdown and it's like this is your final test of something something and the the like the call and response is i can teach you no more <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's so baller man oh. <laughs> that's rad you need to start writing these let's just start submitting this fan <laughs> fiction and get it get it actually recog- fucking recognized Can you imagine so, oh my doing like could you imagine if Lindo wrote a fan fiction that required a huge audio soundtrack like The Last Dragon did? Oh, oh wow. <laughs> I just I just want huh. the Pork Chop Express to have Bruce Leroy on it. Oh. And they're just rolling around from like uh what is it, New York and San Francisco just doing all kinds of crazy shit. Just awesome. That would be amazing. Merge those universes together, dude. Let's get it done, people. Well, thank you, Wim. That was really cool, man. Yeah, great question. Great question. Yeah, dude. And fuck you, too. Yeah. <laughs> As always. Yeah. Keep the Did you guys going. ever see the Call Me Bruce? Oh, my Is that the yes. one with the, the, yes. the, the, the Asian guy that's supposed to be? No, Bruce? no, it's a comedy, correct? Yeah, yeah but he's oh, not really Bruce ba- Lee. Oh, my God. I haven't he's heard. He's not really Bruce Lee. I haven't heard yeah. that in 30 years. Yeah, dude. I've seen that one. It, it's hilarious. It, this is where he's in the, in the little. Um, Oh, the little restaurant and it's getting held up and he's got a pair of nunchucks in his back pocket and some guy's like are those your nunchucks he goes what no these are my chopsticks <laughs> he's like and he's so he's trying to eat fried chicken with him he goes chopstick looking good <laughs> it's, oh, it's, it's pretty good stuff yeah I remember that movie 1982 I believe that came out <laughs> back in the day Oh Lord, <laughs> call me Bruce reference, man. That's like, uh, do you guys remember that song? I always, I always tell people this, and no one ever remembers this song. And I think now that I made the song up in my head when I was a kid or something. But it went like this: What's the matter, you? Got no respect. What's the matter, you? Ah, shut up in your face. <laughs> do you remember that song? What Does anybody hell? remember that song? No. The guy used to wear like a hobo outfit with the trench coat. And I remember he was on Solid Gold, and he used to say, shut up in your face. That was the whole I, song. Yeah, yeah, I did. I don't know. <laughs> was I, did I make that up when I was a kid? Because nobody... Well, the fact that we've gone as far back as Solid Gold right now. Solid Gold. Jeez. There's going to be a lot of questions out there. Can you name me one <laughs> oh of Oh, my God. Marilyn McCoon. Don't you dare, Joe bro. Joe Dolce. Oh, you found, you found it? 
Yeah. No. On, let me bust this out. Let no, you didn't find it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is it. It's funny. I never <laughs> thought to look it up. <laughs> all these really interested in it, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait. Wait a minute. Have everybody else do it. All these search engines out there, dude. Yep, you you did not make this up. Wow. Yes. <laughs> this is terrible. This is so bad. I was like it is, I was like seven, but I used to good. love this song. They brought him out okay. on solid gold. Here we go. Here you go. <laughs> my childhood and now i know where adam sandler got all the songs dude (laughs) 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 oh my god how great was that shut up in your face australian american and shut up your face is the most successful australian produced single selling an estimated six million copies no way are you kidding I gotta talk to Steel about yeah, this. About say, that, resume, hey, Joel yeah. Dolce is not there to fuck spiders. Joel, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he wasn't fucking spiders. Wow. Oh my god! <laughs> Shut up in your face, man! Thank you guys. Thank you. That was uh, you brought me back. Oh gosh! On to the next, <laughs> please. Let's listen. Let's listen to Jim's voicemail. Remember Jim? He's giving us some solid voicemails lately from the office. Not from the <laughs> office. From the Sithless voicemail machine. <laughs> and he usually does these amazing impressions. He didn't do one last week. Let's see if he does one this week. Who knows? I haven't listened. Let's check out Jim's voicemail. Hello, Sithlist. Um, that last episode, you guys really flattered me with the uh, impersonations so, or impressions. So I'm going to have to maybe do some of them. No, I wanted to go. ask you what your favorite 80s cult movies uh, or movie, whatever. Um, oh, almost like. Mine is Wimps. Labyrinth. That's my number one. Um, I haven't seen The Last Unicorn. That's the only one that I know about that's big and I haven't seen. But I mean, you know, Krull, uh, Dark Crystal, Willow, Labyrinth, Legend, all those. Okay, you so know, what really sticks out to you is like, this changed my life. Uh, what, do you, what do you think, Hoggle? Well, my favorite. By far is Crow. Uh, they're they're not down with wow. Crow, dude. Uh, they said it's like a mixture Krull. of like Highlander, Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, Time Bandits, and, and you know, and Conan, like all put together. Oh, so they get it? No, I no, they're not interested. <laughs> the what do you think, here. Bluto? Sarah, Sarah, <laughs> friend. 
<laughs> yeah, I know. Sarah's your friend, bro. Sarah's been banging the Hulk. You, you got to get over that. She's not here anymore. <laughs> what? Hey, Bluto, what's Bluto. your favorite 80s movie? Uh, Crow. Crow. Crow again. Okay. Um. Well, the, that's why they call him Snooze Snooze, okay? Because he's sleeping Aww. on it. I, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, it might be too, it's too nerdy for them. It's too geeky, I think. But, um, you know, those are good recommendations. Hoggle, do you have any advice for them? Yeah, you step one toe in the bog of eternal stench and you'll stink forever. Um, any movie related advice? Um, watch Crow or I'll drop you like a fairy. Whoa, whoa, fairy. Uh, that sounds like some hate speak, man. Oh, you mean, um, those little flying pixies and stuff that bite you and stuff? Whoa, what did you think they did? Grant wishes <laughs> shows what you know. <laughs> what do you think, Goblin King? Goblin King. What, babe? What power? Who do? Do what? Oh, man, he's singing. All right. Uh, well, you guys take it easy, Sith List. I'm going to deal with these guys. <laughs> Damn, dude. I thought I was watching America's Got Talent. That was, that was, that was pretty solid. That was... Wow, that was pretty crazy, and I, I feel like I'm on shrooms right now. <laughs> I thought he was going to sing for us. Oh, man, that was really good. The, the, the Labyrinth song, Dance Magic Dance. Jim, solid, bro, solid. That was good, dude. I, when, when you said this, when you asked this question, it brought back Wim's question to me, and I can't believe I skipped over this movie. One of the great movies of my childhood was The NeverEnding Story, and I would love to see NeverEnding Story remade. But it, it wasn't bad, though. No, it wasn't bad. The criteria is... Oh, it was... Oh, that sucked. Well, for this one, my favorite cult film is Never Ending Story. Oh, the there we go. Loved it. Oh. Part two sucked. <laughs> oh, part two was terrible. Part two sucked. And I had the biggest crush on that the girl that was... The princess? The princess was just so, like, angelic. I remember. Ah, shut up in your face. <laughs> <laughs> the Adam Sandler at the end of that was gold, man. Oh, it did. It that, that's like, pretty much it. Yeah. <laughs> And I used to eat that shit up in the nineties. I love that. Oh my god, dude! dude. Yeah. (laughs) But now when you listen to it, you're like, "What the fuck?" Oh shit! (laughs) How about you guys with this? um, The cult classics of the eighties. I love we're talking some eighties. Boo's like, just gonna stay quiet over here. (laughs) Boo's like, Boo's like, Commando. Boo's like, what's the (laughs) eighties cult movie for? Well, yeah, pretty much. Just any Arnold action movie, any really action movie during the eighties. Yeah, you know. uh, How about like he talked about Labyrinth, obviously a lot. What do you think about Labyrinth? We don't talk about Labyrinth on this. I love that movie. David Bowie. I thought it was awesome. Killed it in it. How about you two? Yeah, it was a cool movie, man. Yeah, cult cult classics. I think we named some cult classics before. Actually, I have a cult movie that. I don't know if it has a great following, but for me, Amer- the first American Ninja was Oh, badass. American Ninja. Everybody wanted to be a ninja back then. That was yep. great. I mean, I'm sure it's terrible now if I watch it, but it was awesome. For 2,000 years, the sacred art of the ninja has been guarded in the East. Remember the day I found you. Now... It has come to the West. Remember what is hidden deep in your mind. He is the only soldier. Date of birth unknown. 
the only American. Who is he? Who is capable of defeating the secret Black Star Army. The mission to hijack a U.S. military arsenal. Your destiny, my son, awaits you. The adventure. The confrontation. The code. I will honor the code, father. The invasion. The final hour. The deadliest art of the Orient is now in the hands of an American. American Ninja. I, yeah, it I, I love awesome when I was a kid. American Ninja Part One through Nine. That's that's that. what I'm saying. You stop after Part Two. <laughs> that's it. You just say after Part Two, we're done. We're we're done here. I remember I wanted to be a ninja for Halloween because of that movie, Duh. and then my dad wouldn't get me. <laughs> I remember my, this story. My dad wouldn't get me a, like a really cool ninja. Obviously, he made me like this fucking hokey Pinocchio ninja outfit, <laughs> and I had to go to school in this outfit that everybody he could just, see. Like, wrap you up. Did yeah, he, he wrapped me wrap up like a mummy. Like a sheet. Yeah, he wrapped me up like a mummy in a black sheet. He's like, "You're a ninja." He's like, "I'm not a fucking ninja." <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I had a totally legit ninja suit when I was a kid. Oh, Ordered it from it. Asian World of Martial Arts, oh, and uh, wow. it was it was pretty dope, man. Yeah, those are all those are the ones I saw in the magazine. I would see in the magazines and go, "That's what I want." Look oh, how legit that I is. Know. I nope. Know. Sorry, you got a loincloth. You got to save that for our uh, Halloween episode, guys. Our, yeah, our right. most awesome costumes. Right. Well, thanks, Jim. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for the impressions. Oh. That was pretty trippy and I, gr- great go ahead go ahead oh, i was just gonna say i got mine uh uhf oh uhf Ooh, <laughs> good pick yeah that was a good one um, that's always your pick isn't it he, he loves he loves, loves, loves weird al and weird al and michael richards right yeah yeah and the nanny and the nanny oh yeah of course in the nanny i i would probably oh that's hard man because i just pulled up a list of some here I don't think Blues Brothers, I don't think you consider that a cult classic. Well, I feel like it was pretty big when it was. Yeah, but it does have a very big cult following. Yes. It does. And Rocky Horror was in the 70s, correct? It wasn't in the 80s, was it? I think Rocky, Rocky Horror was like 79, 78. It was in the 70s. Yeah, but, yeah. Yeah, but the Blues Brothers, yeah, my idea of a cult classic is something that's kind of poo-pooed at the start. Well, and that's later Rocky Horror, on, and, yeah. and but the Blues Brothers was great from the, right off the bat. That's true. That's what yeah. Eric was trying to say too. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, yeah Blues Brothers is a fantastic movie. Because, like, I see Pee Wee's Big Adventure on here, and I'm like, I feel like that was, of course, when I was a kid. To me, that was the biggest deal in the world. It was oh, the greatest God. thing in the world. Yes. Speaking of which, okay. So you remember that stupid trailer cut I made that had replaced the Emperor's laugh with Pee Wee? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nathan Hamill posts a picture this week of his entire family with Paul Rubens. Mm. And I'm like, what the actual hell is this? You brought it all together, man. Dude. I, it's yeah, it's, I don't know how I knew, but somehow I just knew. Huh? Okay, great. All right, let's get into some. Let's talk. Far from home, we're gonna do a non-spoilery review, and then next week, just to give you guys time to watch it, because we know some people don't get out at 12 a.m. on a Tuesday or on a, or whatever on a Wednesday. People work, 
So we're going to give you a whole week to digest it and then um, listen to our spoilery version of the review. All right. So King Tom, I sent you a message saying, please give me the one word uh, explanation of how you felt after you watched the movie. And what was that word? Perfect. He said, perfect. Boo is shaking his head. Why do you think it was a perfect film? Less is backhanding him as we speak. <laughs> I, I texted that as I was walking down the steps, you know, leaving the theater because <sighs> in that moment, after that second end credit scene, I had no complaints at all. I was completely happy in a different way than with something like Endgame or Captain Marvel. We got a movie about Spider-Man that made Spider-Man a deeper character. It made the characters around him a deeper character. It made him a better hero by the actions he took. The villain was interesting and multidimensional and real to the comics. The action, the plot was good. It tied back to other Marvel movies and it dealt with the the giant effects of the snap on a local level. And it explained what happened. And it was fun. And it just wrapped all that together. And stay for the credit stay for the post credit scenes. I'm not gonna say anything else about them yeah, because right. I don't I don't even want to hint at anything. But after seeing all that at that moment, the one thing I felt was that movie was what I wanted it to be in ways I didn't even know. It was fun. So to me, it was perfect. Okay. That's great. And that's what a movie should make you feel like. Probably one of the coolest end of credit scenes that we've had. Mm-hmm. A couple of them. And most. Both sub- of them. And, and most substantial. Yeah. And most substantial. Mm-hmm. We're not going to. It's not it. just some fluff that they, they've been doing lately. You know what I mean? Well, from what I saw, because I did fall asleep. I openly admit that. I stood no <laughs> chance. The night before, I think I got about an hour and a half of sleep. Those so, comfy, damn comfy and chairs, sat man. down, and right when I sunk into the chair, I go, shit. I know. I am not going to make it. And then uh, I think I actually fell asleep during the whole introduction and uh, explanation of the multiverse. Oh, okay. So I came I came out of that, but what the rest of that I saw, I loved what I did see. Uh, I liked, and we'll, we can get into this later, but I liked what Mysterio did to Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And what happens mm-hmm. a lot of times with Spider-Man in the comics is he doesn't get to see his enemies coming. Like they just start doing stuff. Yeah. And he has to on the spot do something. Like he gets to see them coming with this spider sense, but that's just spur of the moment, oh sh- something's about to happen to you and then out of nowhere. So he can't do the Batman prep time. He doesn't get to like, you know, take his time and detect, be a detective. Yeah. Think it all out. out and right. Go, okay, this is how I beat it. He has to get beat down and bounce back. And that's what Mysterio, he put him through, he, he put him, he put some work on him and made Peter Parker have to think about what the hell do I do here? And, right. and quickly turn things around. If he can, even with vulture and homecoming, he had a moment in that movie where he's like, shh, what do I do here? He mm-hmm. was pushed to his limits. And that happens to Spider-Man every single time in his first encounters with them. And in even in other encounters with a lot of his rogues. So for them to bring that and to give us a different 
what a different villain can do and like the, the range of his rogues and what they do to him. That was amazing to see the level of skill that Mysterio had. Yeah, that was really cool. Messing with him and just putting, like I said, putting him through the ringer and just making it a hell week for him. And that alone. And then, then with the other things that happened in the movie too, it was really a change of pace because infinity war was like, you know, you're going up the roller coaster and in game. It's like, damn, you know, Mm -hmm. we got to get off this Mm -hmm. thing. And it's just really, I saw it be previously. I saw it prior to seeing, yeah, you saw the new cut, right? Yeah, so I saw the new cut of Endgame, and then I saw, uh, well, the re-release. Of yeah, it's not a new not cut, actually. New cut, yeah. the re-release. Yeah. Then seeing Far From Home, which I'm going to have to obviously see again. It was just a change of pace. It was it was actually fun. It was fun. Beat. It was. Colorful. I may have to go with King Tom and say it was perfect, because the, then seeing the post credit scenes just opened up so many other questions. Yeah. Great. So you thoroughly enjoyed it. Total, what total, you saw. What I saw. Yeah. The 80, 45 minutes. Right. <laughs> 45 <laughs> minutes. I'm going to give mine right now because mine's pretty positive as well before Boo shits on it. Uh, <laughs> so I, the only problem I had with the film, I thought the first 30 minutes, the pacing was really bad. I thought things were being thrown on the screen and the editing wasn't done well. And even, I don't know if we're in a bad theater, the sound, there was a point where... Mysterio says Spider-Man and they cut off the man part uh, when he's like, oh, he's like, all right, spider And then they went to another scene. It looked like it was just like cut really badly. It just wasn't, it didn't flow at all the first half hour. After we find out certain things about our characters, from then on, I loved the film. I thought it was fun. I thought it was funny. There's an amazing line in it that I thought they, they must listen to the Sith list, dude. The writers, because they they had an amazing line that we'll talk about next next week. That pretty much what me and Boo have been debating for the last two years on this <laughs> on this podcast. Do you remember what I'm talking about? I do not. Okay, yeah, we'll talk I about it next not. week. But I thought it was great. I thought you know Tom Holland has become this kid that I want to see more of. After the film, I looked at Boo and I said, I really want to see Uncharted. I love this kid, and I think Zendaya. I think she is awesome and their chemistry together is great mm-hmm. the whole back and forth and how nervous they were worked. adorable adorable and mm-hmm. it worked i really liked the sex scene was awkward the though. sex scene was really weird yeah it was really weird but uh, spoiler warning oh, sorry sorry guys sorry spoiler yeah just kidding homecoming i thought was a much better film and i thought that had that john hughes kind of feel i didn't think this one did but i still really enjoyed it and i would really recommend it this is the first half hour was a little off for me, but even Jake Gyllenhaal was great in it. I thought, and there's, yes. and I think there was definite influences from into the spider verse in this thing. Um, okay, go ahead and shit on the film. So to start off, I did like it. I did like, Oh, it. it's not great. It's not great. It's good. You know, it's not great. Yeah. I, I do agree with you on the pacing. The pacing at the, at the start was a bit, was a bit jarring. Like I felt, you know, certain movies, not that you get a lull, but you get like a, a break, you know. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna do some dialogue. We're gonna build up here, and then we're gonna speed up, mm-hmm. and then it's like a smooth kind of hill motion. I felt like we were really fast. And I was just like, "Whoa, you guys need to chill." And then it slowed down. Yeah, no, then it, yeah, and then it slowed down. It, it started getting into, into cruising. And it was yeah. fine. You know, it's like somebody you know learning how to drive mm-hmm. immediately. You know, they're start they're hard hard brakes, and then you know quick acceleration, <laughs> yeah. and then they figure it out. Oh, 
let me be smooth with this and it'll be fine. That kind of thing. There are, you know, we'll get into it, you know, in the next episode. There are some aspects I have questions and things like that. Kind of why is this happening? Why is that going on? But yeah, it, it doesn't have the same warm feel that the first one does. I understand that nothing will, especially after Endgame. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of warmth going on. We have to, you know, the movie had to create its own mm-hmm. as far as, you know, the, 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 the relationships that you see and, you know, the characters and everything like that. So I, I, I get that. You know, I, I, I understand that it's not a happy world anymore. You know, the world's back. But a lot of shit has happened. <laughs> yeah, a lot of shit has happened, and I like—I do like how they explain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I how have, the world is. Yeah, I have a, I have a couple of issues with how the world is, but that's you know the, we'll, we'll talk about that later. But I would, I would recommend it. It is, it is a good movie. You have to see it. Honestly, to me, the cap to Phase Four is Endgame. I, I don't, I don't care. This is the beginning of. Uh, phase yeah five. i agree with you, you know, i agree with you on yeah. that i don't think this ended i think this started things yeah by, exactly by the time you're done you're mm-hmm. gonna go oh okay and they refer to that yeah we need to move on to the our next, next phase. phase they literally yes. say that they, huh? yeah they state yeah. that yeah. yeah yeah so yeah so in, in in my opinion i think a lot of people agree yeah end game is the end of phase three yeah that's it you know and now we now we be, begin literally the building process of phase four which is fine which is fine, and I and, and I dig it. Yeah, so I, I would recommend it. It's not the greatest thing in the world. Not that if I have to, you know, lop it in with Phase Three. Not that Phase Three ended with a whimper, because definitely not. This is actually a good movie. It's not mm-hmm. great, but it's good. But it's not the strongest finish. Hmm. Not the strongest finish in my in my opinion. Where would you put this in the Spider Man category of of rankings? Not. I don't want you to rank all of them. I'm saying, would this be in the top three Spider Man films? Ooh, yeah. Pe- people were talking about this might be better than Spider-Man Two, the mm-hmm. Tobey Maguire. Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. Um, both of these films are better than the Amazing Spider-Man, so those are kind of put yeah. out 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 the pasture. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I, well, I guess because Spider-Man One and Two from Tobey Maguire are great, and then yeah, this has to be yeah top three, top four. Okay. Yeah, That's easily. Not yeah. too shabby. No, 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 not at all. King Tom, where do you put this? Uh, at the top of the live action Spider Man movies, right nice. up in Homecoming. Wow, I don't, wow. I don't know if it's better than Spider Verse, uh, but I keep Spider Verse in a different category. Yeah, me too, me too. I, I think Homecoming is my favorite. I love that movie. Out of all of them, out of all of them. Wow, out of all of them. And I love the Tobey Maguire the first two. Well, the first one, two is great too. Yeah, two is considered one of the best. Right, two is better than the first one. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I think so. It's top four. So okay. I'm gonna go. You have to understand. For us, for you and I, when we mm-hmm. saw that first Tobey Maguire one, oh, yeah. like, amazing, that just did so much. You know what I mean? And, and it's only gotten better. Let's be honest. Everything's only gotten better. Even the Garfield movies were, even though people's crap on them, they were actually pretty solid. Like, not yeah, bad at all. They're not awful. No, yeah, but no. I, I get how they're forgettable. <laughs> King I, get, like, mm. I get how they're forgettable. <laughs> they had their moments. It's easy to yeah, but that's the point. They had their moments. You know, they they still were Spider Man. But that very first Tobey Maguire one, when Ben says the line, you know, great power, great yeah. responsibility, and you get the Goblin, you get him, and like, yeah, it was that was just too. You know, that'll probably never for me. That will never be shaken. And then Spidey 2 was good, but Homecoming and Far From Home round up my top four. Okay. And then Spider-Verse will 
hit top five, but you will make number five, but automatically be moved to another category too. And then the post credit scenes means it's only going to get better. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there was some really cool stuff. Man, I can't wait for people to see we this. The hell of a future, guys. Yeah. Hell of a future. Yeah. Yeah, really. Do not worry. Any if anybody did, I doubt there's anybody worried, but there is no need to worry. So everybody gives it the Sith seal of approval. Yep. Yes. Even Boo. Okay, cool. And w- one last thing. King Tom, do you understand what I was talking about in the first 20, 30 minutes, or am I totally off base in your opinion? I think that you do have something there with the editing. It did seem like they were trying to move, but they didn't quite know where it was going to, even though we all knew where it was going. I know there, there were scenes in the trailer, like that one in the, in the bank, I guess, where he's a foiling the robbery and he's like, Hey, I'm going on vacation. That was cut out. And I think maybe some other things might've been cut out that would have helped make it a smoother first 30 minutes i i think it's i i don't think you're crazy i think that that's a totally valid criticism to have i didn't have the sound problems so i didn't notice anything okay so it might have been us might have been the we movie had theater. Theater. I, I wasn't happy with the movie because it was kind of echoey too. it was echoey and it wasn't yeah, loud enough it was it wasn't loud enough I, yeah it got mm-hmm. i thought the sound the sound of my theater was good the soundtrack you know not only chikino's work but the pop music they used mm-hmm. was all great too no that was great that was great. And then uh, going back to something that King Tom touched on the trailer, kudos, kudos to them not giving away anything. You, right. They got us excited for the movie, got us hyped up, everything, you know, got, you mm-hmm. know, got the uh, asses in seats and didn't give anything away. Yeah. So major, major yeah. kudos to. And that's with Tom Holland. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fuck the kid. The kid's a, uh, a, you know, a piece of Swiss cheese yeah. as far as information. <laughs> Um. Yeah. So, kudos to them on putting up uh, great trailers and then not giving away anything. Whoever cut it and all that planning, great job, great job. Yeah, because you do not know what what you're walking it. You're walking into a Spider-Man movie. That's about all you know. And yeah, it's great. That's true. That's a very good job, especially these days where you can get a whole movie in a two minute trailer. So, kudos to yeah, them. And they gave right. a lot. They gave a lot, but they didn't give everything, which is fantastic. Good job, Sony and Marvel. Yeah, Kevin Feige. All right, guys, I think that's going to wrap up this episode of The Sith List. Thank you so much for listening. Mr. Eric Strathers, where can people find you on the whole Twitter world? Also listen to you and also support you on your new Patreon startup thingy shenanigans you have there. In that order, at Eric Strathers on Twitter, you can listen to me on my other podcast, The Bad Motivators, and I got to tell you, man, we've been like blown away by the outpouring of support when we launched our Patreon campaign. And if you want to get on board with that and be cool, like all the other people who have done it, you can go to patreon.com forward slash the bad motivators. It's like a bad motivator family. And I'm part of that family because I support the bad motivators. You it made me too. feel good to see that. Yeah, thanks, buddy. Of course. Of course, we'll support you guys. You guys are worth every penny. That's why it. 34 cents. Oh, just kidding. I did it. I did a special, I did a special number and uh, that's just going to inside joke between all of us. 69 69 is involved in the value that I put. Yeah, absolutely. Mr. Tom Chansky, King Tom, my liege, where can people find you, hear you and all that great stuff? Uh, Tom Chansky on Twitter uh, here in one form or another on the Sith list every week. I have a show on the uh, Blue Harvest Patreon. Yeah, and yeah. I also have a show on the Bad Motivatrion. 
<laughs> Motivatrion. Motivatrion. Wow. I like it. That's fantastic. That's really cool. You're all about the family and the podcasting community. You own yeah. every podcast. <laughs> all the money that you support goes to King Tom. This is yeah. all we have to say. That's why he has a new beautiful microphone. I'm That's looking at. right. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Covered in gold and, and jewels. Mm. Yeah. Carlos Buarguea, where can people DM you and follow you and listen to your hatred of Spider-Man? <laughs> uh, you can listen to my hatred of Spider-Man here on the Sith List and hatred of other things and skipping shit. And then you can uh, you could talk to me on Twitter at the Sith List Boo. Yes. And Mr. Gonzalez, where can people send you healthy menu choices? You know what? Actually, I'd really like that. I don't have to. Yeah. Please help me out with that. Uh, you can send those to at Lesmore78 on Twitter. And you can find me the sith list and by the time you hear this well yeah by the time you hear this we might have another family member in the sith list family fresh one fresh one so thank you for listening to episode number 152 and i can't wait for you to hear episode number 153 of the sith list
tell you a short story. Boy's in the drugstore with his dad one day. And he points at a box and he goes, Dad, what are those right there? He says, son, those are condoms. He said, well, Dad, what are, what are condoms for? He says, to practice safe sex, son. So the little boy's fascinated now, so he's standing there in the alley. Picks up a box, he goes, Dad, how come there's three of them in here? He says, son, those are for high school boys. One for Friday, one for Saturday, and one for Sunday. So the little boy goes, okay. He's still fascinated, so he's standing there, he picks up another box. He goes, Dad, how come there are six of them in here? He says, son, those are for college boys. It's two for Friday, two for Saturday, and two for Sunday. Picks up a big box, he said, Dad, well, how come there's 12 of them in here? His father got emotional. He started tearing up. He said, son, those are for married people. One for January, one for February, one for March. I shut up in your face.